Welcome to the Science Update Podcast. I'm Bob Hershon, and this is the podcast for April 5th, 2013. The Science Update Podcast is produced by AAAS, advancing science, serving society. In those days, nobody was thinking that you might want to use this material to try to bring a species back. The termites create a permanent water store and a permanent plantation of grasses. The idea of this device is to develop a general platform to monitor the human metabolism. Atherosclerosis was seen in four different cultures, and each of them had entirely different diets. This week, widespread evidence of heart disease in mummies, and a miniature laboratory right under the skin. Also, what accounts for mysterious rings of barren dirt that dot grasslands in southern Africa? But first, correspondent Justin Warner reports that scientists are getting closer to bringing an extinct species back from the dead. In the future, extinction may not always be final. That's the goal of the Lazarus Project, directed by zoologist Michael Archer of the University of New South Wales in Australia. Not unlike the fictional Jurassic Park scientists, his team's trying to clone extinct creatures from preserved DNA. And they've just hit a milestone with a species of gastric brooding frog, a bizarre amphibian that incubated its young in its stomach. So this was such an amazing frog. In fact, there are two species in this group. And this group, incidentally, it represents its own family of frogs. So it's a big, distinctive chunk of the global genome of frogs. Luckily, the last researcher to study the frog, Professor Mike Tyler of the University of Adelaide, still had tissue samples in his freezer. It's just an ordinary deep freeze. He hadn't cryoprotected this material. I mean, in those days, nobody was thinking about that you might want to use this material to try to bring a species back. So we didn't really expect that this material would be particularly good. Yet, as it turned out, the DNA was much better preserved than they expected. So they decided to try implanting cell nuclei from the preserved tissue into the eggs of a distantly related living frog. After several attempts, the extinct DNA revived, and the single cell divided and developed into an early-stage embryo of the lost species. When that first happened, we thought, wow, we're going to watch this thing just go right straight through to a frog, and everybody's going to faint from excitement. But in reality, it was another one of the little speed bumps on the road when it stayed as a ball of cells. And that's right where we are at this point in the project. Now, Archer's team is trying to figure out why it stopped there and how to take it further. Although this frog went extinct only recently, Archer says that in the right circumstances, there's good reason to believe that much longer-gone species could someday be revived as well. Thanks, Justin. On the edge of the Namibian desert, mysterious so-called fairy circles appear. They're circles of bare dirt, surrounded by a ring of thick perennial grass. Now, University of Hamburg biologist Norbert Jurgens has found that the circles are made by sand termites, which eat underground grass roots. Although that leaves the inner circle barren, it also helps the soil hold water, because there are no plants to take up the water and release it into the air. Through the long, dry season, the water sustains both the termites and the grasses on the circle's perimeter. The termites create a permanent water store and a permanent plantation of grasses. These perennial grasses also attract other insects and small mammals. So the termites' fairy circles actually create a rich ecosystem in what might otherwise be a barren landscape. The Western diet is often blamed for clogging arteries, but a new study of mummies suggests that heart disease was common in ancient cultures, too. Suzanne Bard has the story. In a previous Science Update podcast, we reported that ancient Egyptian mummies showed signs of atherosclerosis, or hardening of the arteries. 
Since the mummies represented the elites of Egyptian society, who may have eaten a richer diet than the average person of the day, the researchers expanded their study to include naturally mummified people from all walks of life. They scanned the arteries of mummies from the Aleutian Islands, the American Southwest, and Peru. Long Beach Memorial Medical Center cardiologist Greg Thomas explains. Atherosclerosis was seen in four different cultures, and each of them had entirely different diets. That's comparable to modern Western cultures and suggests that hardening of the arteries may be an inevitable part of aging. It tells us we're all at risk for atherosclerosis, the disease that causes heart attack and stroke. But Thomas says exercise and a healthy lifestyle can help postpone the onset of heart disease. So rather than being fatalistic that we're going to develop atherosclerosis, we want to be proactive and do the things that we know are protective. So we want to delay it until essentially we die of something else or just wear out entirely. We tend to blame ourselves when we get disease, but to blame ourselves is like blaming ourselves for getting gray hair or wrinkles. The story doesn't end there, however. The researchers found another surprising trend in their data. Female mummies showed signs of more severe heart disease than male mummies did. In most of the cultures, when we looked at the examples of the worst blockages, it turned out to be women. And that was very surprising to us because in our modern-day Western culture, women get blockages and heart disease and stroke about 10 years later than men do. That's one reason women have a longer lifespan than men do. Thomas says that one explanation for the difference may be that in some of the cultures studied, women did most of the cooking, much of it in enclosed spaces with very poor ventilation. And so even though they didn't have tobacco in any culture, smoke may have been one of the reasons that they developed atherosclerosis. And perhaps because women were doing much more of the cooking than the men, that could have been why it was equalized. Thomas says heart disease may be part of the human condition, but he and his colleagues haven't completely ruled out the possibility that some cultures may have been spared, and they're still looking for more mummies to scan. Thanks, Suzanne. Scientists have invented a tiny, implantable device that analyzes the concentration of chemicals in the blood. It transmits data wirelessly and could one day be used by doctors to monitor a variety of medical conditions. This according to Sandro Carrara of the Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne, Switzerland. The idea of this device is to develop a general platform to monitor the human metabolism. There are five molecular sensors that can measure different metabolites. These could monitor blood glucose concentrations in diabetes patients, for example, or keep track of how individual cancer patients respond to chemotherapy. We can provide a continuous monitoring of several drugs, for example, anti-cancer compounds or anti-inflammatory compounds. The device is just over half an inch long and can be easily injected under the skin. It's currently being tested in mice, but could become commercially available for humans within four years. Well, that's all we have for you this week. Next week, we'll tell you about robots that can easily traverse sandy terrain and robots that learn from watching humans. But if you can't wait that long for your next science fix, tune into the Science Update Podcast Daily Edition every day, Monday through Friday. You can find it on our website, scienceupdate.com, or at iTunes. You can also check out Science Update's fan page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. And if you have a science question, give us a call at 1-800-WHY-IS-IT. If we use your question, we'll send you a Science Update mug. Thanks for listening. I'm Bob Hershon for AAAS, the Science Society.